Peter was there, sent two men to him, entreating him, Please come to us without delay. So Peter rose and went with them, and when he had come, they took him to the upper room. All the, window, all the widows stood beside him, weeping, and showing tunics and other garments, which Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all outside and knelt down and prayed. Then turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, rise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and lifted her up. Then calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all Java. And many believed in the Lord. Peace be to you, the readers. Now, if there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, 
in Hebrew called Bethesda, which has five porticos. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel of the Lord went down at certain seasons into the pool and troubled the water. Whoever stepped in first, after the troubling of the water, was healed of whatever disease he had. One man was there who had been ill for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew that he had been lying there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is troubled. And while I am going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your pallet and walk. And at once the man was healed, and he took up his pallet and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath, so the Jews said to the man who was cured, It is the Sabbath, it is not lawful for you to carry your pallet. But he answered them, The man who healed me said to me, Take up your pallet and walk. They asked him, Who is the man who said to you, Take up your pallet and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn, as there was a crowd in the place. Afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well, sin no more, let nothing worse befall you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. Peace be to you who proclaims the gospel. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is risen. Today we hear the touching story of the paralytic by the pool of Bethesda. Each year on the third Sunday of Pascha, we come to this story and we once again meet this paralytic by the pool. He has had 38 years of laying by this pool waiting for this miracle that would occur on occasion in which the waters were stirred up, a paralytic, and yet hoping somehow to be moved into the water so that he can receive once again his movement. And so he lays there, vigilantly watching the waters. You can imagine how many other, as the Gospel says, a multitude of people that were lame and sick and had disease, all waiting in these porticos around this pool, waiting for that moment when the waters would stir. They could rush into the water and receive healing. And so beyond hope, this paralytic was waiting there, waiting for 38 years. His entire life was a life of anticipation. He sat in vigilance, waiting and waiting for that moment. Yet despite all this, Jesus asks him, Do you want to be healed? 
We'd look at this question and say, of course, of course he wants to be healed. The answer is so obvious it seems rhetorical. Do you need to answer a question like that? The man's been sitting here for 38 years. It's a rhetorical question, right? And yet there it is. And every year we hear the same question. Do you want to be healed? For the paralytic, the answer is obvious. But Christ isn't just asking the paralytic. This gospel is read each year because the same question is being asked of us. Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? Do you want to rise up, take your bed, and walk? Do you? Right here in the church, the answer is clear. Of course, we should all say, yes, yes, Father, we want to be healed. Of course, that's the answer. The answer seems just as obvious as when it's asked of the paralytic. Seems like a rhetorical question again. Do you want to be healed? Yes. What other answer is there? But in our daily lives, it's much more unclear. Even though we might say, yes, Lord, I want to be healed, sin once again comes along as our old familiar friend, and we consent once again to be paralyzed. In fact, many times the healing that our Lord offers comes as an unwelcome change. We're content in our paralysis. In the Orthros this morning, there was a hymn that said, I have sinned in every way I have improperly acted. Therefore, with paralysis, my soul is woefully stricken. The healing that our Lord offers to us so often is something that we don't actually want. This is where we have to look in honesty. We have to see inside of ourselves. It's as though we're sitting at the pool of Bethesda and we're saying, you know, this life is pretty good. I don't have to work. I just sit here all day long. I don't have to pay rent or taxes or any debts to debtors. I, don't have, I have people that bring me food and water. It really is a life of leisure. If being healed means that I have to give all that up, I don't want to. Does this sound crazy? It does. But this is how we talk. This is how we look at things. It's like there's these scales. The life as I know it, and the life that God could give me. And all the time we're going, well, but the things that I have are pretty good. I really like those things. I don't really want to give up those things. I don't mind being enslaved because I really do kind of prefer the life I have. When we think of the, the paralytic by the pool, this becomes ridiculous. But in our own lives, it's not ridiculous at all. It's very comfortable. It's very much what we want. And because we so easily forget the big picture, our Lord comes to us with that question. Do you want to be healed? It's not just on the third Sunday of Pascha that He speaks to us through the Gospel. Every single day He asks us, Do you want to be healed? The question comes to us in a multitude of ways. Here are just some of the ways. It comes to us as a prick of conscience. Sometimes we feel a little unsettled after a conversation that we had with someone. Or maybe we said too much or said the wrong things. 
or in the pain of realizing that you've hurt someone with your words, or in the shame of facing the big chasm between who you want to be or who you think you should be and who you actually are. All of these are little pricks of the conscience. And in each of these, our Lord says, Do you want to be healed? Do you? He also asks us this question to the people who come into our lives and impact us. We have virtuous grandparents or parents or aunts and uncles or co-workers who, though non-religious, somehow are more kind, more considerate, more compassionate than we are. Or even through the straightforwardness and the innocence of a child. Or, of course, in the powerful examples of the lives of the saints in our church. In all of these, we hear our Lord saying, Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be as kind as that person who is not religious at all right next to you? Do you want to be as innocent as the child that you see before you? Do you want to live a life as this saint that, uh, which you read about? In all of these, our Lord is asking us, do you want to be healed? Another way that he asks us is through the events of life. We can have life-changing, joyful events where the smallness or the weakness of ourselves is revealed to us. It can come out of something like a wedding or a baptism or some other great thing and go, wow, that's how I am? In the midst of this greatness, here I am in my pettiness and my smallness. Like when a baby is first born, we think, if you've ever had that, most of you, many of you have experienced that or have held a newborn in your arms and thought, this is an enormous thing that God is giving to me, that is entrusting to me. And in that, we become aware of our own inadequacies, our own incompetence. And in all of that, our Lord is asking, do you want to be healed? Of course, in the tragedies of our life, we see most clearly this question before us. Do I want to be healed? And even in the small and explainable coincidences in our life, still those point to a greater plan. And we hear the little whisper, Do you want to be healed? A big part of our spiritual lives is simply to notice the times and ways that God is asking us that question. To actually see that. To hear our conscience. To see in the example of others around us what could be in us. There's such a great temptation to prefer the here and now, to ignore the question, to deny the healing. To again look at those scales and say, I really do prefer this. I really do want to be enslaved. Again, it's like the paralytic imagining that he has a good life and he doesn't need any healing. In our own life, we encounter that and we realize that we don't really want to change. We don't really want to change. So we say to God when he asks us that, no thanks, I don't want to face that. Or what we do is we focus on those people over there, the people who are really sick. We look at them rather than ourselves, because that's easier. So often we answer God with, no thank you, I'll stay just exactly how I am. God knows it's hard for us to accept His healing. He knows that we don't like to accept that we're sick in the first place. 
He sees how we prefer the false joys, the passing pleasures, the transient, the fickle, rather than truly joyful, beautiful, and eternal things. And for this, He asks us, do you want to be healed? And this is why He asks us in so many times, in so many ways, through so many people. Because again, He wants to turn us. So He's patient. He just keeps asking, do you want to be healed? He doesn't relent. He doesn't give up on us. If we have the ears to hear, everything in life resounds with the question of do you want to be healed? Everything does. Like a daily checkup with the doctor of immortality, he's our gentle physician, but he never relents. My brothers and sisters, today as we hear this gospel, we hear that question once more, the voice of the physician asking, do you want to be healed? Just as the paralytic sat vigilantly by the pool for 38 years, let us also be equally vigilant. The joy of health far outweighs the small pleasures of now. And our vigilance is in that scale. To remember everything that is on the other side of that scale. Because the things on this side, they're too obvious to us already. It's too obvious to us that we like things, we like food, we like pleasures, we don't really want to give of ourselves. That's too obvious. But on this side, what do we have? What do we receive? It's too much to describe. But I'll close with a simple passage from the Gospel of Luke to give us just a little taste of what we will experience if we're vigilant and if we hear the question and answer that with a yes. Our Lord says, Let your waist be girded and your lamps burning, and you yourselves be like men who wait for their master when he will return from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Assuredly, I say to you that he will gird himself and have them sit down and eat, and he will come and serve them. God wants to serve us. God wants to serve us. But he can't because we don't let him. So when we hear that question, let us also hear that God wants to serve us. He wants to heal us so that he can serve us. This is a profound realization. And in light of that, what else matters? Amen.